0: Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an exciting edition of Training Unleashed. Today, we're going to have an interesting, interesting, interesting conversation. We're going to talk about situational leadership, and we're going to talk about how to manage veterans. And we've got an expert, William Toady. He is a speaker, he is an author and 26 years uh, with the Navy, retired captain and submariner. And uh, you know his passion really is helping people that are veterans being properly trained and properly managed so they can be successful. Uh, before we get started, of course, I need to thank my sponsors, C Suite TV and C Suite Radio. Uh, truly appreciate them. Uh, William, let me just start off and, and ask this question. I think most people assume that veterans are great employees uh, because they know how to take orders. They, you know, they're, uh, you know, have been extremely well trained by the military. But what what's the
1: truth? Yes. Yeah, so, Evan, thanks for having me. The truth is that veterans will be your best employees if properly prepared, and that's a big if, because what happens is the veterans will have some learned behaviors during their active duty time, which will have to be unlearned, and it it really took not my 26 years on active duty, but my 15 years in industry hiring veterans to really understand that.
0: Well, interesting. So, what are the what are the what are the things that happen when they're not, when you know someone hires somebody as a veteran, and what are what are the things that they notice that you know that that are impactful?
1: Well, two bad things happen as a veteran is transitioning out of the military. Bad thing number one is the military is required by law to give that veteran transition training, and while that sounds wonderful. It's usually – it's a contract awarded to the lowest bidder, and you know how those go. Um, The people doing the training have never actually done what it is they're trying to train the veteran to do. So that becomes the blind leading the blind. And in that training, a lot of it is devoted to making the veteran feel good about themselves and about their service and about how that service will translate to – Wonderful time in industry, right? A great value for their time in industry. So that's the first bad thing that happens, is negative training, on their way out the door. That leads the veteran to have an inappropriate sense of confidence about Mm. their ability to step into the role in industry, you know, kind of with a very smooth transition. The second bad thing that happens is companies are Patriotic and want to hire veterans, which is wonderful, but they don't understand the weaknesses that the system injects into the veterans as they're transitioning. Therefore, they don't take an active role in training the veterans how to be good employees. And some of it requires, as I said, unlearning things that they had learned during their active duty time. And other things require, involve Helping the veteran understand the new mission and sense of purpose in the new industry. Because while they're on active duty, defense of the country is self-actualizing, right? There's no reason that the veteran will have difficulty understanding the mission. But they may struggle with that when they transition to a company where all of their active duty time has led them to believe that their only mission with the company, civilian company, is putting their money their, money in their bosses pockets and it's and it's really important to to help the veteran understand that that's not actually the purpose of their new employer, yeah
0: you know, to to add to this conversation and I, you don't know this, but and listeners certainly don't know this, but I just recorded another episode with somebody that talked about psychological safety, and the the premise that this person had was that you want your employees to feel comfortable sharing ideas uh, with management and not holding them back and and also being, you know, really willing to admit when they make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Now, I could see a veteran being willing to admit and take responsibility because I would think that would be core. But maybe the comfort with sharing a new idea or a different idea with management might be difficult, or, or am I just stereo, stereotyping uh, military service?
1: You often aren't, right? So the veteran grows up, and depending on the community that that veteran grew up in, the, the warfighting specialty, in essence, there are wide variations between, in, in different warfighting communities. Some, like the one I came out of, the submarine force, people are incentivized, crew members at the lowest level, or incentivized to speak up when something's not right, because hmm. there's no, not a situation on a submarine where just some of the crew dies. Everybody <laughs> dies, right? So since everybody dies, everybody's incentivized to make sure that they're raising issues that they see might turn into problems. There are other communities in the military that are very different than that, where people are basically expected to fall in line and obey the guidance from superiors, even when it doesn't sound like it might be the smartest thing to do. So understanding the baseline of where veterans come from and trying to re-baseline so that everybody has that psychological safety net where they understand it's okay to speak up regardless of what community they came from.
0: So getting back to the veterans and, you know, I, I like what you said and I agree with what you said. That properly trained veterans can be amazingly great employees. And 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 I think that's very much true. Small companies, you know, five, six people cannot do what I'm about to suggest, but bigger companies can. Would would you recommend that that companies have training specifically for veterans? Separate? I would.
1: Yeah. And many companies are doing that now. They even have a you know veteran strategic director or something like that, right? Large companies often will put somebody in charge of trying to recruit and prepare veterans for specific positions. Oftentimes, though, the training that the company will impose on the veteran isn't appropriate or or lacks some insight. And this is why I started engaging so vigorously on this topic to the point where I actually wrote a book about it. Okay, Um, the because in in many cases, even with companies that do have veteran strategies and veteran training programs, they miss some really important aspects um, that are structural defects that the veteran's going to bring to the table. And here's what happens when they miss that the veteran underperforms in the role, and the company then gets a sour taste about putting A veteran in that kind of role and then they stop doing it which is which is really a tragedy because now the veterans lost out because they're not hitting it out of the park like they're used to doing and the company loses out because they didn't prepare the veteran properly and they think that all veterans are going to be afflicted with the same defects that caused that one to underperform
0: very interesting so if I was going to create a training program specifically designed for veterans, what things would I want to focus on? What would the curriculum be?
1: The curriculum would start with un training on <laughs> causing the veteran to unlearn the kinds of things that the military tells them as they're leaving, which, which would sets be... them up for failure. One example. Um, and I was told this too, and I firmly believed it was true when I was, Given this advice when I was leaving the Navy, it is that all your future employer wants from you is good leadership. There's two problems with that statement. First is it's likely that the company defines good leadership different than the military did. That's problem number one. Problem number two is that's not even true in the military. If that was true in the military, you could take a B-52 wing commander and make him commanding officer of a submarine, and they would do just fine. But you actually have to know something about that submarine before you can take, effectively take command of it. So good leadership is not even sufficient on active duty. Why would anybody expect it to be sufficient when you change from the military to a civilian industry where you know nothing? You're starting from scratch. And so those are the kinds of things that the company can help the veteran unlearn as they make the transition. Okay. And what are the things that they need to learn? well in the first thing they need to learn is how the company succeeds and what their role in that is going to be when they were on active duty those that insight was very plain to them they they didn't need any help in understanding that when they change jobs and enter industry they're going to need to understand how the company measures success and what they can do to fit in and veterans will naively believe that it's only about profit, and that may not be true for your company, depending on your financial situation. You may be cash strapped. They won't understand the distinction between profit and cash. They it might be about reducing expenses. Again, these are the nuances. They're not going to come to you understanding. Well, it's so also you, there's, a mm-hmm. sh- there's a difference
0: between long term and there's a difference between long term and short term profitability. You know, and yeah. you, you know a lot of companies are investing and not as profitable short-term to grow
1: faster to be more profitable long-term. They will not understand that. I can't count the number of times when I heard a very senior, like flag officer, general admiral type transition veteran who is in my company, say to me, well, you're employing people, you're covering your overheads. Yeah, it's all good, right? No, it is not all good. If we don't make a profit, you know, we're going to cease to exist as a competitive entity. And then everybody loses their job. So they're going to have a very, very naive understanding of what industry is about, what your company is about. And they need to understand at a very profound level before they're going to be able to contribute significantly. So I I agree with what you're saying but i would probably
0: argue maybe differently but every employee needs to understand these things
1: i think that's true the difference is going to be if, if let's just say we're talking about hiring people into your management structure now you like you're probably hiring somebody who either is straight out of college early career or has gained substantial industry experience somewhere else after graduating from college and they're kind of mid-career. When you hire a veteran, you're hiring somebody who's lost all of that opportunity. Maybe even if they had a business degree as undergraduate, they've never actually worked in, in business and they, they are way behind their peers as if based on where they are at their age, right? Where they think they may be career-wise. They may consider themselves mid-career when, in fact, they're about equivalent to entry-level people who you've hired directly out of college. So there are some pretty substantial differences. Now, having said that, if you do train them properly, they're going to be able to learn a whole lot quicker because they've been in environments where they've had to transfer, learn quickly, and get up to step in their new job over and over and over again. So. Once you give them that training, they don't just because they started it. Let's say eight years behind their peers doesn't mean they're going to stay there. They'll catch up quickly if you if given the chance.
0: So fast learners used to training, um, and once they get up to speed, hardworking, dedicated people that uh, compete, which which I think which I think is fantastic. Absolutely. Tortle Trainings Learning Matter Experts are passionate about designing effective solutions that move the needle. Whether your organization needs development of e-learning courses, instructor-led training, or assistance with creating optimized electronic versions of employee handbooks, our team can help. To learn more, visit tortle.com/learning-development. So I want to shift gears a little bit. I I think this has been an important topic, which is why we spent so much time. But you're also uh, an expert in situational leadership. And, you know, I I liked your analogy of the B-52 and the submarine being two different situations. Um, But I know that you look at situations not just with where you're working or your job, but who you're leading. And I thought maybe you could take a moment and just sort of talk about what situational leadership means to you and maybe share some best practices for people that could take that and, and utilize that in their, in their, in, in their, as they are leaders
1: within their organization. Absolutely. I'm going to jump off the military theme just for a moment, then just go dive straight into situational. I started when I talked to my military peers that were getting out, uh, say the they, they're at the level I was when I transferred out of the military. And people say, well, I've led, I, I was a brigade commander. I was a senior leader. I think I got this leadership thing down. It, it's the most effective reply I could give them sounded a little bit snide um, or snarky. And I would say to them, leadership is hard, but it's even harder when you're leading people who can actually quit. And the point I'm making there is, yeah, you've been challenged in in leadership in a certain environment. And when you transition industry, it's going to be a completely new environment. And the methods that you used on active duty, don't discard them. They may come in handy, but they're probably not going to be your default leadership techniques that you're going to use once you've transitioned industry. Because- it's very important that you bring your employees along with you. And that requires a different skill set than it did for my submarine crew. Because say what you want, they might have disagreed with me. There was no place for them to go, right? There was they <laughs> couldn't that, that submarine. So they were going to follow one way or the other. In industry, it's different. So I tell people, you got to start with a coaching style. And if you haven't developed those skills, you better develop them quickly. The first job I actually had, one of my first jobs I had when I joined my first company, which I'll say it is, I'll name them, it was Raytheon, was to let go a retired one-star Air Force general. And the reason I was told to let him go is he didn't figure this out right. He was leading in the company the same way he was leading in in, in the Air Force, and which was we call in industry, we call it command and control style leadership. And you had a different podcast where one of your speakers talked about that at length. And, And she was exactly right. Command and control is the military, you know, kind of barking out orders and expecting people to listen and follow and obey. That is almost never appropriate in industry. However, there have been two times in my industry career where it came in really handy. Both of those were operational, where we were in extremis, Things needed to be done right now, or bad things were. In fact, in one case, lives were at stake, because there was it was an active shooter situation. In those kinds of situations, you don't want those military folks to, to forget how to lead in that style. But it's almost never appropriate. The coach style, um, you know, um, the servant leadership style are all skills that leaders need to develop, and each situation you, fall, you find yourself in is going to require application of a different skill.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. And that's one of the reasons why I have this podcast, because I get to talk to great people about different leadership styles. And if people go back into the list, there's tons of them, but there are also lots of great books. And I'm just an avid reader on it because great leaders lead each individual person slightly differently because they have slightly different needs, and there's, there is no one-size-fits-all. So, um, William, you're a very fascinating person, and I really take a moment and commend you for understanding the differences between a veteran effectiveness as, a, as an active-duty military person versus being in the real world. So I, I know you have a book. I know you speak um i think our our listeners you know i know you consult i think our listeners would like to know more about how they could connect with you if this resonates with them and uh and everything so please tell us about about your company and and who the ideal your ideal clients are
1: sure my um website is the easiest way to get a hold of me it's william Tody, Tody spelled t as in tom o t as in tom i for military folks that's tango oscar tango india <laughs> WilliamTody.com, and you can reach me at William at WilliamTody.com. And um, my ideal clients are, are companies that that understand that while the statistic uh, of how many veterans you hire is an important statistic, the more important statistic is how many of those veterans are still with you five years down the road, Right. And the reason I wrote the book is because I found that veterans were failing and the the method of failure was repeating itself. And then I figured out over time that the reason these veterans were failing was, as I said, structural. It's because of the negative training the military is giving them as they go out the door. Congress requires the military to train veterans and provide transition training for them. But Congress doesn't require it to be affected. For <laughs> some reason, they left that part out, and so it, the <laughs> companies, companies need to understand what the weaknesses are. And so, I outlined those weaknesses and how to overcome them in my book, which is titled "From CO to CEO," which is what I did—the journey I was on—from CO so- CEO to CEO: A Practical Guide for tra- for, for transitioning from military to industry leadership. And that subtitle is very important because what I was really trying to do was help veterans succeed in their transition from military to industry leadership. In the book, I tell the differences. I tell what the veterans need to learn. And the book is aimed, is, is written as me talking to veterans, but companies benefit from it because it's like listening into a conversation between a veteran who's been there and a veteran who's about to go there, and you, companies, HR departments, training departments, can learn from this book by understanding what the the weaknesses are and how to fix them.
0: That sounds great. So I also know you're a speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, what topics do you speak on, and and you know what are who are the best audiences? Is, is your is your I'll just ask this more specifically: Is your best audience a group of veterans that? you can inspire to understand what they need to do or your best audience, the companies that would hire veterans so they
1: best understand, or is it both? It's both, but I lean a little bit more towards the companies. Yeah. Because the veterans, as they're leaving active duty, like I was when I left active duty, tend to believe 100% of what they're told by the military in those transition training programs. Now, I have some credibility For those that get to my book, maybe they're going to understand. But the companies that hire them have an opportunity to affect the thousands of veterans. So if we can fix the process there, that's really the most effective and efficient way to do it. And so I really do like speaking to the companies. I speak about other topics as well. I was in the Pentagon on 9-11, and I was was subject to – I'm asked to speak about that as well, because I call the Pentagon the forgotten 9-11. The the New York deserves the attention it gets. I don't want to to discount that, but there are are people who could benefit from hearing what happened at the Pentagon, too. So those are two of the the primary topics that I talk about.
0: That's fantastic. So, William, I know you have a really cool offer for everyone, because I'm sure people are excited about this book. So, please. Share your offer.
1: Absolutely. So if you email me, William at again, that's spelled T O T I, William at I will send you a free copy of the audiobook version of From CEO to CEO, a practical guide for transitioning from military to industry leadership.
0: Well, that is a, a fantastic offer and is certainly uh, an interesting topic, an interesting book. William, as you know, we love to end end each show with, if you had one tip for the audience, what would that be? What would
1: your tip be? My tip would be hire veterans. They're going to be your best employees. But if you think you can throw them into the deep end and they'll know how to swim, you're going to be disappointed. So make sure you understand the areas that you have to train them up, and, and they're going to hit it out of the park for you
0: great tip. And uh, I, in my life, have had a lot of great experience hiring veterans, know a lot of veterans who've been very successful. Uh, So uh, thank you for being on the show. I want to thank my listeners. Without you, I wouldn't have a show. And of course, my sponsors, C-Suite TV and C-Suite Radio. Everyone have a great day. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Total Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, Government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net. T O R T A L. Tortal.net.
1: This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.